Kia ora New Zealand, welcome to Sweet Chain Live. This is episode 27. Um, we've made it this far, we've done very well. Um, we've got a great show for you today. Um, it's going to be an interesting one. Um, first up, we're going to be going through uh, your hot scores, um, as ever. Um, then we're going to be talking a little bit about um, the evolution of this podcast and how, how it's changed over the last 27 weeks. Um, and uh, we've got a new uh, segment that we're going to be bringing in. Um, it's not really a segment, actually, but You'll, you'll get the idea. Um, then we talk to uh, the guys at Flexline Media. So we've got Chris and Gwen um, in the studio to talk to us about how um, Flexline's been going, their plans for the future, what they love about filming all of you guys. And uh, and 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 they also join us for Desert Island Disc Golf and our Quick Fire 18 as well, which will be very interesting to see if their answers are are any similar um we've then got a couple of new segments which we'll get to in a second and then we'll be uh previewing uh the up and coming tournaments uh there's quite a few that come in quick succession in uh, in august and we'll also be giving our tips on the tucker beach rush which happens this weekend so stay tuned for that uh first up hot scores uh, so here they are starting down in invercargill as ever uh, johnny ferrari hits the hottest score um of the week down south with a 17 under par at queen's park uh, disc golf course so well done to him um and at chingford it's cameron mackey the regular who's hit eight under par eight under par was also the hot score at queenstown gardens this week hit by a new name for us raymond chalkley hits eight under so well done to raymond um, at Ely Park, it was a tie between Kyle Martin and Billy Goldsmith, who both shot five under. Um, Andy Clune hits the hot score of the week at 11 under par at Lismore. Uh, we'll get to the hot scores at Tucker Beach uh, shortly um, when uh, we, we do our picks a little bit later on in the show, so I won't spoil too much there. But in Christchurch, Jeremy Brockenshire hits 15 under par um, and... Uh, also uh, hits the hot round at Queen's Park Reserve with a seven under par as well. So well done to Jeremy. Um, at Brooker Ab, it was a freeway tie between Sergei Sanin, Callie Thompson and Juani Arahanga, who, hit, who all hit three under par. And as we move up to the capital, uh, Brady Cush uh, hits a 2021 best seven under par um, on the main tees at Berenpore. It's Lofa Fiola who hits two under par at Hikoikoi for the second week in a row. And up at Harcourt Park, Team Sweet Chains, Brady Cush is doing it again. Six under par at Harcourt Park, which is incredible. Fault line coming up end of next month. Um, over at Link later, Dave Nash hits five under par. Um, and at Todonga, uh, Clint Riha hits one under par. Very good score at McLaren Falls with Extreme coming up in September. Um, at Woodhill, Red Tees, Mike Foley hits plus two. And at Henderson, rounding us out, Richard Watson hits four under par. So there's our hot scores for the week. Some new names, some familiar names, and some very hot scores um, during that week. And Hot scores has been something we've been doing since the very first week. If you go back all those 27 weeks and watch the past episodes, then you'll see um, that we that we we did this right from right from day one. Um, and over the last uh, 27 weeks, the podcast has kind of evolved um, quite a bit since we since I did it in my kitchen table. We've now got a studio um, which which we 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 run it in. Um, and uh, we've been doing a whole lot of other features have, have joined on the on the way. So I very much see our salad days as being as being kind of over. We're we're evolving, but we'll never be finished. It's a bit like fashion. We're we're always going to be changing. We're always going to be adapting. Uh, and one of the things that um, I wanted to trial um, is uh, in order to uh, promote a broader range of discussions. 
um, and a, perhaps a more robust discussion on uh, certain topics is uh, the idea of a co-host. So um, before we decide whether a co-host is a good idea or not, um, we're going to be trialing it. So um, we're going to be having some guest co-hosts over the next few um, weeks and maybe months. Um, and so for the each co-host will do a stint of three weeks. Um, and during those three weeks, they'll bring with them topics that they want to talk about. They'll they'll um, uh, have input into the uh, questions that um, uh, we ask our, our guests. They'll be giving their hot tips on the tournaments that are coming up um, and uh, helping to provide a little bit of a more debate and robustness that perhaps I, I, I can't do on my own. Um, we've got the next three co-hosts lined up, actually. So for the next nine weeks, we're going to have a co-host. Um, but this is really my, um, uh, my, my kind of request to you. If you're out there, if you're someone who's maybe got a media background, maybe got a very uh, got a strong passion for disc golf and likes to talk about it and feels that you've got a, a certain topics that you, that you, you really want to uh, put across, or you feel that um, actually you'd be, you'd be a good foil for me and, and, and you challenge me on some of the, some of the ideas that, that come along, then I'd really love to hear from you. And uh, you could have a, a, a guest co-host stint. Um, so get in touch. If, you, if, if you're sat there going, I actually wouldn't mind giving this gig a go, then get in touch and we'll, we'll have a chat and we'll line something up. Um, we're, it's a very much a trial at this stage to see how things go, but I'm keen to get uh, some diversity within the podcast. Um, and so um, it would be good to have um, some people um, outside of Wellington. Now, the three people we've got lined We've got lined up two are from Wellington, one isn't, so we'll uh, we'll, we'll we'll get to that. Now, my first co-host uh, who will be joining me for this week and the next two uh, following this is someone who you, you all know very well. Um, he's been on the show probably more times than anyone else has done in the past. Um, he joined me for my first and I think third podcast, as well as joining in um, shortly before Middle Earth Open. Um, and you know him um, as the human highlighter. Um, here he is, Brady Cush. Uh, good evening, Brady. Hi, good evening, Matt. Thanks for having me on. No, you're, you're, uh, you're very welcome. You're very welcome. And, and look, um, it's, it's great. First up, thank you so much for, for coming in and, and agreeing to co-host with me for the next three weeks. Really looking forward to it. Really looking forward to, uh, having a, an, an alternative to, to, to my kind of naive, uh, viewpoint, um, with a very much more experienced and seasoned disc golfer than myself. So, um, so yeah, I'm very much looking forward to it. You've got a couple of items you want to talk about a little bit later on. Um, yep. Excellent. So we'll we'll come to your sections in a little bit. But now I want to introduce um, our guests this week, um, which are the people from Flexline Media. Now um, you've all seen their 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 output. It's great. It's um uh, it, it's it's some of the best camera work that. In, in the world, I think, of, of filming disc golf, it's right up there with the very best in the, uh, in, in the business uh, internationally. Um, so I'd like to welcome, um, and I'll sort the cameras out in a minute, but um, I'd like to welcome at this time uh, Chris, and, um, Chris and Gwen at Flexline Media. <laughs> One moment, let me sort this out. And there we go. That's better. Hey! <laughs> Hello. Hi. Hey, Matt. Hey, Brady. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having us on. Great to be here. Excellent, excellent. Now, uh, so you guys are the are the people behind the cameras who, uh, you know, you get little snippets of you every now and again on uh, du during the coverage. <laughs> people may not have, uh, have have met you, so we're going to get to know you a little bit 
um, in a minute. You're going to be joining us for Desert Island Disc Golf and our um, Quick Fire 18 as well. Um, but first up, why don't you give us a bit of a history of Flexline? How did you how did you get to basically where you are now? What 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 happened? How did it all start? Sure. Well, I'll probably tackle this one. Um, I guess it has to go all the way back to growing up. Um, I was always super keen on filming stuff. As soon as our family got a video camera, I kind of took it over and made my own little home videos and stuff. So I've always had that um, media side of me, um, creativity, that sort of stuff. Uh, and then I moved to New Zealand in 2016 to work as a media coordinator for a ski resort, um, Coronet Peak, for those Queensland folk represent. Um, and I worked there from 2016 to 2018 um, and then moved up to Christchurch to be with Gwen. We met in 2017 um, and I was kind of bored for a little while when I first got up here um, and decided, hey, I played a fun game in Queenstown called Disc Golf. I wonder if that exists in Christchurch. And so looked around, found that Jelly Park existed and went down there on a weekend with my one disc um, and found a whole bunch of guys who enjoyed playing disc golf. Um, and I was pretty intimidated to start with because, you know, when you've only got one disc and you see people with a whole bag, it can be a little bit intimidating, um, you know, th throwing your sky highs and, you know, making it halfway up the fairway. But, um, you know, got to know people, got a couple more discs and uh, fell in love with it and, you know, kept, kept going along um, and... I got to a point where I think I was in Queenstown for a, um, I was doing some more contract work for the ski field. And I happened to be in Queenstown at the same time as the uh, classic was in 2019. And I thought, hey, I can take photos. I like disc golf now. And so I just like went down to the course and started taking photos of people. And I felt kind of awkward <laughs> because not many people <laughs> knew me in Queenstown, but I knew enough about disc golf to take photos of it. <laughs> and so I can't remember if I, if I met a few people and said, like, just, hey, I'll be around. But um, I took some photos um, and put them up and people really, really liked them. And so I thought, hey, this could be a thing. Um, and so it really coincidentally happened again for Tuckers. We, I happened to be down in Queensland for Tuckers and we, we went yeah, down we to the course. Yeah, we were down there quite a bit at that time. Yeah, so it just happened to work out. We were there for both of those weekends. And then um, September of 2019 rolled around and I thought, there's not really any coverage of disc golf in New Zealand. And so there was this, a mini event at Queens Park in Christchurch and I thought, let's give it a go. So we took our cameras down. They were the worst cameras in the world for filming disc golf. It was an absolute nightmare <laughs> to film, but it was a really good learning experience for us. And it pretty much made me realize that, hey, we could actually do this if we had the right gear. Um, and so what was it? Um, February, I think we decided to make the jump. Um, and I bought very ca expensive camera gear, got a GoPro, got a camcorder. Um, and then we were all ready to do um, some classic of 2020 and then COVID hit. And so we were like, oh dear, um, our, our dreams of breaking onto the media scene or uh, <laughs> <laughs> ruined. <laughs> Um, but it was okay. We we just uh, kind of chilled out through COVID and then uh, filmed a an event, the COVID event that Anthony Rogers did in Christchurch, which was actually really good because it kind of like let us have a soft entry into into mm. tournament coverage. And then our first proper tournament was Lords of Lismore in uh, Wanaka, which was awesome. So yeah, um, that's kind of the 
<laughs> the the story of how FlexLine came to be. Great stuff, great stuff. It's uh, it, it's amazing to think how far you've come in such a short amount of time. If you don't want me saying the 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 kind of production and kind of uh, polish of the of of your videos is uh, is is incredible and and it, and it's right up there with um with with all the international um. Uh, uh, post-produced uh, broadcasters that you see and, and so I, we, we applaud you for that how how do you I mean in terms of the, the the filming and the editing side we talked very briefly um before you before the show started about how the the time sinks in the editing do you want to just talk to us a little bit more about kind of that process yeah sure um well first thank you very much for your kind words um I don't consider myself an expert in any kind of um you know, video editing field. I'm good at learning things from the internet and applying it very specifically to my needs, <laughs> which <laughs> which works well. But um, yeah, well, honestly, wait, before, to I, before or I to did this, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Before um, before I started the coverage, I had very little um, knowledge of After Effects and all that kind of stuff. But I've I've kind of got it dialed now for for myself. Um, probably not really industry best practice, but it works for me. But um, yeah, um, basically we both start filming at the side of each hole mm -hmm. and stop filming at the end of each hole. Um, and then I have to find a point um, in both of the videos that I can sync well with. Um, and so generally I find using a, um, a putt when it hits the chains is a pretty good point because there's a good visual guide because we've both got a pretty good angle on the basket. Um, and there's also a good sound guide because there's obviously chains getting hit. Um, so that's generally the best way of syncing. Um, we currently don't have any means of time code syncing. Um, I'm not actually sure how other media companies do it. Um, I believe that they generally use time code, um, which is a fancy way that computers can track time and then sync automatically. Uh, mm -hmm. So for us, it's manual, but we found the best way for it to work is just to record the entire hole. So we both have, you know, there's no stopping and starting between us uh, and then all I have to do once they're synced at one point is just to cut between the different angles. And sure. that concept will be familiar to anyone who's ever had a uh, briefing for being on coverage. I uh, definitely warn them that we are rolling from uh, tee off to tap out and uh, mm -hmm. anything within that could end up in the coverage. Good stuff. Good stuff. So um, if you've, got a, you've got a camcorder at the moment and a GoPro. Um, yep. What what's the kind of next logical step in terms of your kit? Have you got much more that you want to upgrade to, or is it are you are you kind of seeing oh, actually now we've we've got what we need for the next couple of years? That's a really tricky question, and it's one that we get asked quite a bit actually. Um, because I mean the the media landscape in New Zealand is is quite unique in the sense that there's not much competition, and I mean, from everything we've heard, the content that we produce is pretty much at the standard that everyone wants to watch. So we mm. actually don't really see much reason to invest in much higher uh, quality equipment. I mean, not that we're not high quality at the moment, but much yeah. you know more advanced equipment. But sure. I mean, there's, there's, there's advantages and disadvantages as well. Um, the GoPro, while being a little bit low key, um, is super easy for me to run around the field with. And if I'm mm. chasing after people who's... Um, throws have ended up down a gully or something. I have no monopod to worry about. It's just me and a GoPro mm. to get down there with them or in a tree or um, for any of those throw cam mm. shots. Yeah, I mean, I guess I've I've got a bit of, um, a, you know, a decent amount of technical knowledge with filming and photography and stuff. Um, and Gwen, 
while she's excellent at using a camera and composing, she doesn't quite have that deeper understanding to be able to make adjustments on the fly and stuff. So, you know, a camera like a GoPro is honestly amazing for doing disc golf coverage. Um, if you're on a budget, it, it works really well. Plus, given the amount yeah. of rain we seem to film in. <laughs> yeah, it's very weatherproof. <laughs> and there's no problems with it. Good stuff. So, Gwen, are you always on the GoPro on the catch cam? And, Chris, you're always on the, the T-cam with the, I don't know what you call it, the, the camcorder? Uh, yeah, I think it's the other way, the, isn't it? The cam, we got the cameras right, but the positions are the other way around. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm pro oh. cam. Chris is catch cam. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay, okay. And you've got that kind of set up because... You, I mean, what, what's the what's the reason for that? If you, is it just what you first did and then thought, oh, we'll stick with it, or did you, is that is it a deliberate choice? Uh, it's kind of deliberate, I guess, because with the GoPro, it's a fixed angle, so it'll just kind of film whatever happens, and then from the catch cam position, I can have a zoom in on the, th the throw and then zoom out to the wide shot of wherever it lands, and also if it's a shank, I can <clears> film it you know, going in a different direction from from the landing position. Um, yeah. whereas the whereas the GoPros, yeah, just good at um sort of being a fixed frame and picking up whatever's happening and right in front of me because with throw cam it's always going to be happening right in front of me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good stuff. Now you we've, guys we've, yeah. uh, you Go mentioned that like cameras have been like dialed in and you're like at the top of like what you need in New Zealand. Other After Effects overseas have started to do like mic'd up rounds and like that kind of stuff. Have you guys thought about adding audio to your coverage? Yeah, uh, we did that for Southern Smash. We put a mic on Morgan. Um, I wanted to mic up Levi as well, but it I don't think he was quite ready for it, for it which is fair enough because, you know, he was shooting really well. Um, it, it definitely adds another dimension. Yeah. Um, we already see a wee bit of nerves. Uh, in players and sometimes um, they sort of you know get through that after the first couple of holes but mm. sometimes it persists a bit longer and so having audio on the whole time and sort of feeling the need to make pertinent comments or be witty the whole time uh, I think would uh, definitely be a bit daunting for some. Yeah we did the practice round at Torepe Fields um, for part of the uh, Tamuka tournament which was really good um, and it probably gave uh, Levi and Simon a bit of experience being on the mic for a round, but uh, if if anyone out there is on a filmed round uh, during a tournament and want to be mic'd up, we're more than happy to do it. We've got we've got uh, pretty much one small microphone body pack and a and a bigger one. So depending on how comfortable you are with those, we're we're more than happy to mic you up. There you go. There you go. So what do you what do you see as being like the next uh, the the kind of the kind of the future? If you if we if we fast forward to say I don't know. 2025 2030 what what's flexline doing wow um well we've probably got a family yes yeah. so, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's oh that's man change catch, some like low catch cam like do 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 that's yeah. gonna be great. we just need someone in the fairway looking back to get the reaction shots yeah <laughs> we can be yep. short so it'll be fine we can get a helmet and all the reaction the shots under are the from underneath <laughs> yeah yeah um so yeah who knows what's going to happen and i mean I'll, I'll be playing disc golf no matter what. Um, hopefully, I'll still be filming. Um, uh, I don't know in what capacity. Um, potentially, I might do less and less going forward, which probably isn't going to excite people, but, you know, things change. We're going to probably take on more commitments as the years go on. 
um, outside of just golf. So our capacity to do coverage might diminish, but when we have the capacity, I, I'm sure that I'll, I'll still be involved and making, making videos. Good stuff. Good stuff. Excellent. Well, look, thank you so much for answering our questions there. Now, um, we're going to uh, go over to Desert Island Disc Golf now. So I, I, cool. I, I believe, Chris, we're going to be talking through your disc, but Gwen, you've picked them. Is that right? Um, yes. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> the, the, the premise for anybody who's not, not seen this before is um, you're stranded on a desert island, um, the two of you this time, um, and, um, but you've only, and this desert island's got a disc golf course on it. Um, which is which is fortunate, and uh, you've got three discs with you, and you've got three card mates um, who you can play around with. So uh, I want to know what are your three discs and why, and um, yeah, let's start with your with your discs. Sure. Cool. So I think Gwen's going to choose them. All right. So the uh, first one I'm busting oh. out is the Saint Pro. Uh, now Chris got this one secondhand. It was one of the very first proper disc golf discs uh, that he got, I believe. Um, Iran was up at Jelly Park. No, Eilish. Eilish. Sorry, Eilish. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and uh, selling a bunch of secondhand discs, um, and this was one of them, um, and it's never left his bag since. So I Correct. suspect that he would enjoy that one. Yep. This was honestly on my own list for choosing my Desert Island disc. Um, Saint Pro, um, pretty overstable for a Saint Pro. I've heard people can think they're understable. Um, I do have a second one that is more understable, but this one's despite being fairly well beaten in, it's um, it's pretty stable. So thanks, Alish. Appreciate that. That's in, the, that's in the gold line plastic, is it? Yeah, it is. And it must be a pretty older run because it's kind of got that old school style Whoop, stamp, even yeah. though it's pretty worn off. Yeah, good stuff. I do. I, I like a Saint, actually. The Saint Pro is a bit too powerful. Mm. For me, but the Saint's very nice. Very nice. What would, you, um, what would you compare it to, actually? If no one out there's thrown a Saint Pro and they're thinking, yeah, I, I might get one. What, what would what would it compare to? I'm honestly unsure. I'm terrible, and I don't throw many other discs it, apart from my own bag. <laughs> so, um, um, and every, everything else yeah. in the bag's west side. Yeah, Brady yeah, might. Spoilers. Brady might know. Yeah, it's a stable to overstable. So, it kind of like in that Undertaker, like a little bit yeah. faster than a T-Bird. Probably more like a Thunderbird kind of range, a little bit slower. Yeah. Um, Saints and Saint Pros tend to be like kind of the minus one, so I get a little flip in the mid-flight, but then yeah, they should have kind of the good, especially in, in the pro as compared to just a normal yeah. Saint, will have a good like finish to it. Yeah. Good stuff. Thanks, Brady. Stuff. Okay, where do we go now? All right. Uh... Mid? Uh, I'm going to guess mid. No? Uh-oh. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Um, I see a few of these. Uh, in the bag. This is a particularly pretty one. Good. This is a warship. <laughs> Very good. Chameleon warship. Let's go. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, probably quite invisible, depending on where you throw it. Um, I mean, I'm but... not throwing it if that means anything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll, yeah. I'll grab this one out because this is actually this is the first um, disc I bought from NZDSS when I kind of got really into disc golf, when I made the plunge to buy new discs. Um, and this one also hasn't left my bag. Um, it's quite flippy now, um, but yeah, really like the warship. Really controllable mm -hmm. for a mid. Pretty long for a mid, honestly. I think this. They've changed the numbers since I got this one, so this is old numbers. But it says a speed six. I think it's a speed five now. But this is a speed um, eight, and they honestly probably go about the same distance on a on a good rip. So yeah, good choice, Gwen. Love warship. love the warship. 
warships in a very good choice very good choice very good choice what, what are you putting with uh well all of chris's putters all look the same so i had to be careful <laughs> which one i was going to choose um but i think i'm going to go with the harp because uh Lovely. you can throw and you can putt yeah, yeah, that's true. I don't put. I don't. I don't putt with the harp. But if I was on a desert island and I needed a putter, I'd go with the harp. Really? <laughs> yeah. No, no. I thought you were like shield, true and true. Uh, for putting, yes. But if you know, if I had one disc on an island, it would be the harp because okay. great for overstable okay. approaches. Um, and you know, in this in this BT hard, it's still going to catch the chains well, and I'll just learn to putt with it. I putt with a pretty average anheuser putt so i feel like the overstability would kind of get cancelled out with that um good but yeah shields are also good excellent excellent and just, a, so, just as a wee oh. as a wee bonus round i'm taking this one uh this is a sword solely because um of the die job on this one uh there was a lot of there was a lot of stress and i think there was a die and then an over die um yep. and our house smelt of shaving foam for weeks um but yikes this disc is, is coming as a bonus round um, purely for aesthetics. Good stuff. Nice. Good stuff. I like That's it. Awesome. To signal the planes to save you from your desert island, right? <laughs> Absolutely. So you, you can have three people play this round with you. Who's with you? Cool. Um, well, presuming that we're going to get saved eventually, um, <laughs> like if we if we were never going to get saved, I would probably take my family, like Gwen and some of my family, because, you know, that's that's nice. But uh, if if we were going to get saved, I'll probably um, go with Jonathan Gomez because it would be awesome to hang out with him. Totally. Um, and yeah. and just because I feel like the to complete the the family and the vibe, I'd probably go with one of the three of the commentator. Oh, sorry, two of the three commentators. And it's probably even though Nate's awesome, I'm probably going to have to go with uh, Big Germ and Paul. <laughs> just because I, I feel like, I feel like that would be funnier. <laughs> Yeah. You were doing so well. I complete like yeah. Jonathan Go is awesome. Like yeah, Jomez yeah. is like good people. He plays the to see two cameramen playing. It'd be really funny if like yeah. you'd be sitting there talking about like oh you could catch it from this angle. It's like nah, you should be over here. <laughs> good stuff. No, that's a free. That's a very solid card. A very solid card. Excellent. Now um, we've now got our quick fire round. So this is our quick fire eighteen. Uh, the first nine are the family friendly nine, um, where um, you know same questions each week. Uh, we need an answer from both of you, um, and then the final round um, is a is a is a safari nine. Different questions each week, um, and it's a this or that kind of situation. Now, for the final nine, I want you to both answer at the same time. Uh, for the first okay. round, you can you can answer one one after the other. Okay, so here we go. All right, are you okay. ready? And it's quick fire, as quick as we can. Are you ready? Ooh. So, do we answer at the same time for the first, or one after the other? One after the other. One after the other for the okay, front so nine. It's not quick. Okay, it's not guess. quick fire for the first one. <laughs> no. Okay. Well, Chris, you answer there. first, then that then Gwen. Okay. okay cool. Go. Gotcha. Yeah. What's your name? Chris. Gwen. Where were you born? Brisbane. Christchurch. Where do you live? Christchurch. Christchurch. What's your PDGA number? One one nine four five five. Don't have one. <laughs> How many years have you been playing? Three. I don't even know if I count as playing. <laughs> Drama. Well, what's your favorite course? Ooh, uh, Paradise. Jelly. Jelly Park? Yeah. Cool. Favorite disc? 
Oh, harp. See ya. Favorite MPO player? Calvin Heimberg. Oh, I... You haven't planned this. No, I have not planned this at all. First player in <gasps> your head. I know, but none of them are MPO. They're all FPO. Oh. Okay, Paul Macbeth for oh. her. That's <laughs> 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 the yeah. easiest to think of. <laughs> your favorite FPO player? Kristen oh. Tatar. <laughs> I do like her. Yeah? Yeah. Cool. Hey. Same then. Good yeah. stuff. Oh, right. It's all about oh, those polos, eh? Yeah. 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 So, so now we come to the Safari 9. Um, this You've got to answer at the same time, okay? Same okay. time. Here we go. Nikon or Canon? Nikon. T-cam or catch cam? Catch cam. Jomez or Central Coast? Jomez. Shield or Swan? Shield. Ah, oh, Swan. I like a Swan. Okay. Uh, fairway or distance? Fairway. fairway. Putter or approach? Putter. Approach. Christ, Christchurch or Brisbane? Christchurch. Brisbane. <laughs> Flex or line? Flex. Flex. Hoopman or Jackson? Hoopman. Hoopman. Excellent. Oh, there's some pretty pretty similar answers there. So very good, very good. Um, look, and thank you so much, guys, for coming on and uh, and joining us tonight. It's been a lot of fun, and uh, hopefully, um, people have learned a little bit about Flexline Media and uh, what they do and 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 how they and how you guys how you guys operate. When's your next tournament? Where, where are you next going to be? Uh, the next one's going to be the Chartres Bay Charge, which I am running with Dave Rose, uh, Gecko mm -hmm. Disports. Um, which will be really fun, sold out. So sorry if you missed out, but we're going to be bringing you two rounds of coverage, um, feature card and the final round. Only the one day, but fingers crossed we can expand it next year. Good stuff. Excellent, excellent. Well, look, it's been great having you on and um, uh, thank you very much for joining us. And uh, I'm sure we'll speak to you speak to you again. No worries. Yeah. Cheers, Matt. Cheers, Brady. It's been fun. Good luck, guys. Thank you. Excellent. Gosh, they're um, such great people. They are, they are absolutely fantastic, and I, and I remember when uh, we had the Middle Earth Open um, here in uh, Wellington, and they they did the filming, and I was talking to them quite a bit actually about um, the pre rounds because we uh, went round with them and uh, showed them the course, and and then we did the commentary afterwards, and uh, the the professionalism is is fantastic, um, it's it's great, and their output is just superb. It's um, you know I have I, I've spoken to people who don't watch disc golf who watch their coverage and think that it's from the states or it's a uh, it's a pro level best in the world kind of coverage so you know um that's that that says a lot i think yeah well i mean um, i've never seen you look so good in a bucket hat so you know you must be doing something right <laughs> oh dear uh yeah yes uh, indeed indeed um so anyway um now the next part of the show is um where our co-host um in this case brady is going to bring uh, along some talking points um so uh, I don't know if you have a, a name for this kind of section. Let's go a bit closer in. Um, uh, what would you like to talk about? What, what's your... What's your um, um, so, yeah, I would like to kind of... Two things that I would like to feature over the like next three weeks as I help co-host uh, is one is international news. Um, so I'm pretty much try to stay on the pulse when it comes to what's going on stateside. Um, yep. So, like, the idea that, uh, case in point, as much as Tucker's is coming up this weekend um, down in Queenstown, over in the States, mm -hmm. you have D-Glow, so the um, Discraft Great Lakes Open, um, which is where Paul McBeth shot his first 18-under, so that first perfect round um, and the yep. first big ESPN feature for him. Um, you know, like is coming up. So I try to keep myself on that kind of pulse. So I'd like to kind of talk, um, I guess first let's do that. So in international news this week, mm -hmm. 
Um, it's actually a little bit of old news. Did you follow um, like Worlds and the like the last two majors in the state? So Disc Golf Worlds and then the Women's Championship in California. Yeah, so the women's championship, I watched. Uh, I watched a lot of that, um, and the world's coverage. I watched as much as I could. Um, it was a bit of a disrupted uh, weekend, but the um, but I watched as much as I could, and obviously saw the the, the big highlights that, um, uh, in, in both the divisions. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, two things that kind of got highlighted recently in international news that has made kind of a lot of blog posts. And I'm sure if you follow any of the pros on social media was professionalism. Um, professionalism is starting to kind of be talked about. Um, and so specifically for me, you know, like that I follow Paige Pierce and Kona Penis, um, two big players for Discraft and Innova. And the idea that uh, they had a lot of complaints going into the like women's championship, the idea that they are being played on three courses, that these three courses weren't being shut down the days leading up to the events. So there weren't dedicated practice rounds. Um, the idea that um, the courses themselves, as compared to like what we're seeing on the disc, like a standard normal like disc golf pro tour, whether it be um, their pro tour events or their silver series, um, their professionalism just wasn't there. And so, you know, like there was kind of that question of is PDGA like holding up their end of the bargain? You know, like what's going on when it comes to these TDs running tournaments? Um, it came up again at Worlds. Um, so the idea that at the World Championship, you know, like, don't get me wrong, like 2020 was canceled and 2020 was awarded to Utah, um, to the state of Utah to be held where the Utah Open was. Um, as most people have seen, they added the fort and the fort was built in the two years between um, mm. uh, 2019 and 2021 when Worlds was held. And so that idea of that no one really had questions when it came to the fort course. The questions and professionalism came to when at the golf course where they've been hosting mm -hmm. the Utah Open the entire time. And yeah. the idea of like there was the Brody Smith incident with the idea of the uh, the PDJ had rented out like practice fields and nets for them to throw in, but they'd only rented them out for like half the day and not for the whole day and not the whole field, just kind of like one little section of it. And so for me, the idea that Here's this independent company, the Disc Golf Pro Tour, um, that's now being run by Jeff Spring, um, you know, like in his success after years of running the Green Mountain Championship, which is held in Vermont, go Vermont. Um, and so just the professionalism is there. So like when it comes to coverage, when it comes to tournaments and when it comes to TDs, the Pro Tour is kind of leading the way. And so I hope you know, like my hope is that the PDJ will catch up or take notes or collaborate with the Pro Tour um, mm -hmm. so that we don't kind of have these issues. And that, you know, especially with the, um, for those who don't know, uh, the Disc Golf Pro Tour has announced and has signed an ESPN2 contract. So they will be, you know, like the equivalence of like Sky, you know, that they're going mm -hmm. to be like broadcast on TV in the States. Um, and so, there's a professionalism that needs to be there for all the events at all levels, yeah. you know, again, yeah. that women just can't get overlooked anymore, you know, like mm -hmm. that people are watching, um, you know, like if you, you talk about watching world's coverage, everyone saw the battle between Paul and James Conrad down the stretch, mm -hmm. you know, like that is arguably one of the best back nines and best battles in the history of worlds going back to probably like the 2014, like Ricky Paul battle, mm -hmm. but look at that watch the final nine of the FPO coverage, like Lika Fakus and her push against Kat and Paige down the stretch is absolutely incredible. And yeah. so like, I hope that this coverage that's coming out, just like what Flexline is doing and just like what they're doing in the States is like, they're starting to push that envelope 
And so if we're going to be in front of more eyes, we need to act professionally, you know, like yeah. both as professionals on the course and not throwing tantrums, but also TDs and like treating us and treating players like proper professional players and athletes. Yeah. Would you agree, yeah. Matt? I, 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 I would. And I'll, I'll, something that you, you, you picked up on in the US Women's Championships that was held a few weeks before Worlds. Yeah. I can remember watching that coverage. And as they're going through their holes, typically when I watch um, the Discord Pro Tour on Discord Network or um, even the Jomez highlights on, on the courses, I watch these courses and I kind of think to myself, just probably like everybody else does, well, I wonder what I would shoot if I went around these courses. And normally I look at it and go, yeah, I'm probably going to be about 10 over par at least on this kind of course, right? And and, yep. and and that's probably about right. When it came to those courses, I looked at it and went, this is a 90-meter hyzer shot with not really much in the way. There's a few trees, but, you know, I've got that hole down the road, you know? And, and that's not a slight on, on, on down the road at all. Quite the opposite. It's, it's saying the standard of courses should be such that it pushes – pushes the very top players and i find that the the courses that where people go and shoot the top players are shooting seven or eight under instead of 13 14 under are the more entertaining ones um and certainly i find that you you know you closer battle that that way um so yeah uh, totally and, and and i think that it's an interesting it's an interesting uh, debate about the professionalism between the governing body and essentially a what is a marketing company um, who have, have come in and, 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 and running things way better than the, the governing body does, and which is which is bizarre, right? I, it just it just seems seems bizarre. You wouldn't find that in um, in, in many other sports, I suspect, um, and you certainly wouldn't find it in sports that uh, you could compare disc golf to, right? Um, if you if you wanted to compare disc golf to regular golf, could you imagine the PGA getting like the um, running things? Even in its infancy, in a similar way to the PDGA, yeah. I'm not sure. Well, and, uh, and 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 you know that that's that's really that's going to be that's going to come to a head, right? It's going to come to a head, and 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 things are going to either have to drastically change. And you talked about the collaboration or the um, or the uh, getting tips and, and and working closer together. Personally, I hope that happens, or something more serious will will happen because the players will demand it. And um, you know, you'll have you'll have a situation like you have in. Uh, some other sports where you have two governing bodies that that and and players play for one or the other, which I think would be a shame and a and a and a, and a distraction for the for, for for the viewers and for other disc golfers like casual players. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Like there have been a lot of instances in the states. I don't know if it's the same in the UK, but like American football and American baseball, you know, like there have been rival leagues that have popped up, um, you know, trying to like challenge the status quo and. Mm -hmm the like major league so major league baseball and and the nfl the national football league you know like kind of took it on the chin and they're like wait a second we must you know what are we doing wrong how can we change to get better you know like how can we provide better entertainment how can we provide you know like better support for our players you know and and in those cases the national body stepped up absorbed these smaller leagues and you know like we now have the entertainment juggernauts that they are today yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's. Go ahead, man. Sorry, the, the example that comes to mind in kind of it's sort of it's a semi-mainstream sport is darts. Yep. It's got the um, British Darts Organization, the BDO, and the PDA, the uh, Professional Darts Association, and you've got players who 
um, play on um, the um, PDA and don't play in, in in the BDO tours. They run kind of independently. You've got world champions on both um, for, for both organizations. And I find it just confusing, right? I, I kind of, when I was growing up, and I did watch a bit of darts, my dad played. And, uh, and, and so when I watched it, I was kind of going, well, he's world champion, he's world champion. So yeah, how can they be world champion if they don't play each other? Why don't these two play? Um, I want to see these two play each other in a in a in a, in a, yeah. in a, in a whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and Put so, them in front I, of the board. Who can throw better? Yeah, I, and I think that that would be a shame if it went that direction. So when you talked about the collaboration and the, the taking tips, I really hope that's the direction that it goes. And, yeah. uh, and I hope that that's that's how it um that that's how it progresses. Um, with the help of the players, they should have a they should have a, a big stake in this. Um, ultimately, a lot of the revenue within disc golf is driven by the players um, at the very heart. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would agree. There's a lot of communication that needs to come. I do know mm-hmm. that recently. So like Paul Uliberry, who's sponsored by Discraft, is the voice of the players and the players' association. Yeah. Um, so as far as I know, there is some dialogue, but it's not nearly as good as it needs to be. And so, you know, like the PDJ and that communication definitely needs to step up. And so I'm interested to see, um, uh, you know, like I'll be following the the coverage and that kind of stuff and, and what goes on at, at the Great Lakes Open this weekend. Um, they have have a pretty good track record so far. Um, so, you know, like we'll kind of see if anything comes to a head there. And actually, um, what, what, would be, what would be interesting in addition to the on-field coverage, if you like, yeah. is um, this week um, prior to uh, – the uh, Deglo, it may even have uh, happened already, um, is the PGA Summit, which um, happens twice a year, and uh, I think it's twice a year, maybe maybe three times, and it's a, a time when uh, a lot of the um, PGA board members come together and discuss the the the, uh, the the future of disc golf, amongst other things. And it's the first face-to-face one that they've had since COVID started, um, and and so it'll be interesting to see what they do because what they need to work out is not only resolving some of these professionalism issues but doing that against a backdrop of a hugely growing sport and one that is going to be changing you know the the number of people who are going to be vying for those top positions and wanting to um be the next eagle or the next calvin or the next uh, paul um that 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 pool that pool is going to get bigger because more people are picking it up and at a younger age. So it's going to be interesting to see how they cope with that transition whilst also trying to cope with the growth of the sport at the base level as well. Yeah. Well, also, and that's a great point. Um, just so everyone knows, if you're a PDGA member and you're listening to this episode, please remember to vote. Um, I can't stress that enough. I'm pretty sure it's on the disc golf guy. So if you go to YouTube, go to the disc golf guy, all of the people who are standing for election this year, um, you can look at their bio on his site. So please go have an educated guess, vote for it, vote for the people who, you know, like are going to move this national, you know, like this governing body in the way that you want it. Um, those uh, voting registration is our voting still good till the 31st. So you still have a week. Um, so I'll bring it up ne- uh, on the international news section next week as well. Um, but yes, make sure you go vote because uh, totally. um, you can have your say. And it's any PDGA member as well. You don't need to any PDGA me. member. My, so my, yep. my daughter's a member of the PDGA. She's one and a half, and she got an email to say, "Hey, vote in the election." So you don't. You can be. It's open to anyone. Um, so please, please make sure uh, that you do. And and what I would say is, you might be sat there going, "I don't know any of these people. They don't. I, I don't recognize any of the names. I don't recognize any of the places they're talking about. It doesn't matter, right?" What I would say: read through their bios. Take 
five, 10 minutes to have a look through their, um, uh, their, their video interviews. I think they did a video interview or a conversation with, um, with, with the disc golf guy. Um, and just go with the people who you feel you get the best vibe from. If, if, if nothing else, go with the people who are talking and have got, got the same values um, uh, as, 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 as you have. Um, and Morgan, I didn't vote twice, actually. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, Matt, why are you checking your daughter's email? Like, should you stay out of that? <laughs> she gave me a password, all right? I, what can I say? <laughs> Excellent. Okay, look, um, thank you so much for that. That's a, that's a good chat, and I think it's uh, it's one that we're certainly going to keep tabs on um, as the kind of the years um, the, and, and the months progress. And it's, it's not going away. It's not going away. So it will come up again. It will come up again. Uh, what else yeah. have you got for us? Uh, the other quick section that I would like to do, um, I'm going to call it, uh, let's highlight the rules with the highlighter. Um, so uh, quite often, um, you know, like I've I've been around, I've been playing, I've been running tournaments, I've been officials for quite some time. So I'm going to try to each week highlight a, a different rule. Um, and so this, uh, this week I would like to highlight the rule of um, to take a stance. Um, when you're taking a stance in your lie, um, you get to mm -hmm. take it in that A4 sheet of paper behind your marker. Mm -hmm. um, what a lot of people don't know is that that stance applies to one, the whole playing, uh, what's known as the playing surface. So the idea of, especially it's going, I know it's going to come up at Tucker's this weekend. There's a lot of trees and fallen logs at Tucker's. Mm -hmm. um, so that idea of if your disc comes to rest underneath a log, the playing surface is an A4 cylinder behind the disc and behind your marker. So what happens right. is if your disc is under the log, you can take your stance from up top, top oh, yep. okay. as I long see. as you're still in that A4 <laughs> cylinder that's behind your marker or behind your disc. But the other thing that I find a lot of people don't know is say your disc comes to rest against a tree. Now, mm -hmm. if you place your marker down and pull your disc away, you're not gonna have enough room for your foot. Mm -hmm. So the actual legal place to take a stance is not there in front of the tree, but actually if your disc is against it to take it behind the tree. So your A4 sheet of paper is on the line of play through the tree on the back mm -hmm. side. So that way, rather than trying to like squeak your foot in because it can't physically fit, you cannot take a legal stance there um, rather than an unplayable lie in the case of a tree or a boundary. So say like a sign or like if it's on a rest against, say, a bench leg or something like that, you can take your legal stance behind that bench leg. Um, rather than trying to squeeze it in front where your fit physically, where your foot physically can't fit. So yeah, that's my little rules highlight for this week: taking a legal stance behind your mark or your disc. Good stuff. So notice to anybody at Tucker's will be watching. So uh, make sure <laughs> an appropriate line. Excellent. Uh, thank you very much for those, Brady. That was uh, that was very entertaining. Um, on to the next uh, section. We're going to be talking a little bit about the upcoming tournaments. It's obviously Tucker's this weekend. I'm going to get your picks in a moment. Um, we're going to find out who you think is going to be playing well this weekend. Um, but just to, for, for everyone else's benefit, the weekend after uh, Tucker's, so that's the 31st and the Saturday the 31st, but on the 1st of uh, August, uh, there's two tournaments on. One's in Wellington um, in at Kaitoki Waterworks. Uh, still a few spaces left, I think. Um, so get in contact with yeah. Woodhouse Disc Golf mm -hmm. if you want to be involved in that. Um, some great stuff coming out of Woodhouse Disc Golf, actually. We must get them on the show soon. Um, they're, they're, they're doing some really good stuff. Um, and if you've not been to Kaitoki before, um, it's well worth a trip. 
Um, it's a lovely um, scenic place and, and, and a lovely um, natural park. So please um, go to that if you're in the area. Um, the Fro Pink event is in Christchurch. Uh, so if you're playing in that, I shall see you there. Um, and uh, we'll be um, I'll be playing on the Sunday and I'll be probably at Jelly Park all Saturday. So uh, I'll see I'll see that. Um, I'll see you there. Sorry. Um, two weeks after that is Rapture in Wellington. Uh, the discs are going to arrive tomorrow or Monday, probably. Um, and uh, yep, so you get uh, three uh, discs in your player pack, a Pekka Pekka, a Kotuku, and a Ruru, all in uh, premium atomic uh, slash cosmic plastic. Um, and so if you want to enter that, I think I've got three spots left, three spots left, and four, four. if I don't. So. Um, oh. Oh, it, oh, it, oh, okay, yeah, so three, sorry, my bad. Spot, then go for it. But um, uh, so that, that'll be on the 14th of August, and that's being played on a, uh, this is interesting, actually, because the course, is, I talked about it being a bit of a high, hardcore hybrid course. It's going to be a hardcore hybrid course. We're also going to be playing some of the holes that, were, that are going to be featured at Faultline Fury. So um, Faultline Fury will be played across two parks, um, and uh, we'll be featuring some of the holes at Rapture. So if you want to come along and practice some holes for um, from for Faultline in a competitive environment, then that may well be for you. Um, uh, the week after that is the Chartres Bay Charge. Uh, Braden, you're going down to, to that, um, I believe. Oh, I'm not. Uh, I'm going to be helping Dave with the course design of it, but I won't be playing. As Chris said, it is sold out, and that includes even me. Um, oh. So, yeah, I'll be heading down to help with the course design, but not to play. Okay. Okay. So you will have a you will have an interesting um, viewpoint of, um, of, of of the play then yeah. as it goes. And so you'll maybe be, you'll be a man on the ground. Um, maybe course it. design will have to feature next week. You know, like courses here and courses internationally. I, I'd be interested in getting your thoughts actually on on, on course design. I know you've been involved in a lot, so uh, so yeah, maybe that's that's something for next week. Um, the week after that is Faultline Fury. So um, this Woo! is the uh, held in uh, up in Upper Hutt. Um, and it's going to be a, a combination of Harcourt Park um, and California Park. So um, I, I don't know. I think that's probably sold out. I haven't spoken to uh, to Jack or Liz. There were it. four spaces left that I know of. Okay. Um, we're currently at over 80 registered um, okay. with yeah, only 90 spots available. Okay, so looking forward to that. That's going to be good. Um, and finally, the registration for two events opened this week. Uh, one is the Extreme up in uh, McLaren Falls, up in Todonga. Um, so that opened, I think that's nearly sold out as well. Get onto Disc Golf Scene if you want to be involved there. And also uh, North Island Champs, which is the last weekend of October. Now, interestingly, the um, they had a staggered release of their um, registration. So if you are in the top 50... Uh, MPO players or the top 10 FBO players in the 2020 New Zealand Disc Golf standings, or you are a member, a active, I think they call it, member of Auckland Disc Golf Club, then you will are allowed um, to register from last Sunday, I think. And then registration opens to everybody else this Sunday. So a little bit of a tiered kind of approach. I know that um, Charteris Bay Charge actually had a, had a tiered approach based on uh, PDGA rating. This one's done slightly differently. It's taking 2020's uh, performance, which might be a little bit, um, uh, you know, a lot's happened in the last seven, eight months. Um, and uh, you're, they've given preference to a New Zealand disc golf major to a local club, which I think is interesting. What, what are your thoughts? Um, well, I mean, we just kind of had a conversation about professionalism. You know, like I know that it's 
uh, a lot of stuff is kind of up to TD mm. discretion, but that that seems a little strange to me. Uh, Charteris Bay, I like that idea of like, mm -hmm. if you're rated above such a thing, that's what they do in the state. So it's, you know, like, of course, Paul Macbeth rated 1055 gets to register first for everything. But, mm -hmm. you know, like, sweet, you know, like 1050, 1040, 1030, so on and so forth. Um, but, yeah, that that seems a little strange, you know, like, why? Yeah. Um, so I, so I, my, my thoughts on this, right, I, I don't mind. I, I don't mind so much, actually, each of the individual ways of, 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 of tiering it, right? So if you want yep. to go with on performance, I don't have an issue with that. They've chosen okay. New Zealand Disc Golf standings, which, mm, uh, okay, all right. It's not the one I would go with, but it's a way to do it. Um, and the other way uh, that they've done, they've done it is to give a local club um, preference. So now I don't have a problem with giving local clubs preference to enter tournaments. My issue with it is it's a New Zealand disc golf major. Okay, it's one of the um, three majors uh, on the New Zealand tour, and to give preference to a local club, I'm I'm not I'm not quite sure that that's the that's that's the right thing to do. If it was the Auckland Championships and it's on the tour and it's the Auckland Championships, absolutely no problem. But this is North Island Championships, right? So this is a sixty-point major. Yeah, I'm, that, I'm, like I'm, people I'm, have I'm, to, especially it's one of the nice things about like international tournaments. So like I've been mm -hmm. invited to amateur tournaments in the States because mm -hmm. my rating is high enough. Um, you know, like internationally, I have to book so far out in advance, you know, the idea of, especially if you're a South Island player, I'd hate to be, you know, like a really good Queenstown player, but miss out on the tournament because, mm -hmm. you know, like whatever reason, you know what I mean? So yeah, it does seem a bit strange to kind of, to favor the, I, I do like the support for the locals. Um, you know, like I'm not faulting that at all. I'm super happy that Auckland finally has a glove. Please congratulations. Like that's huge for Auckland. Um, Cause they've been pushing the sport for so long without a club. Um, but yeah, it does seem a bit strange, you know, like to be honest, I'll be really interested to see how it sorts itself out, you know, like, cause as far as I know, this is the first tournament that's been done that way. Yeah. Um, certainly with the local, players it looks to be um now i had a look on the rpm site earlier on and it said yep. that there were 76 spots available left uh, in the um pro-am division um okay. out of, i think of 146 i think were, were went on yep. sale so just, uh, just under half of, of sold in the first um in the well from sunday to today and then registration for everybody opens on sunday so you can expect the floodgates um on on sunday to open for for, for many people um, certainly, I'll yep. be attempting to register myself on Sunday. Um, yep. but I've said, done a quick I, bit I'm... of research, by the way. Um, Fault Line Fury, two spots left. Um, two spots and left. for yeah. two spots left. Um, so if you want to get in Fault Line Fury, do it now. Don't wait. Mm. Keep this tab open. Go to another tab. Register for Fault Line Fury, one of the longest running tournaments in the country. Um, and then two, if you want to go to Taronga, there are four spots left. Um, so again, don't wait. Register now. You're gonna have to be quick, and you're gonna have to be quick on Sunday as well, um, when that opens to the rest of the country um, and to the people outside the top 50. Um, now, so um, that's your tournaments that are coming up in the next uh, few uh, weeks. Um, this weekend is Tucker Beach, Tucker Beach Rush down um, in Queenstown. So uh, let's hear your picks. We'll uh, we'll start off in FPO. So this is all female divisions. Um, who are your top three? Ooh, uh, 
Well, first I want to shout out as far as I know, um, uh, big props and thanks to Robert Cranston. As far as I know, he has stepped up and he is the TD this year. Hemi is uh, assistant TD. Um, so that's pretty big news in, in Tucker Beach, Russia. I know it's Hemi's baby for a long time. Um, so big props for them for, for hosting and putting on this tournament and, and getting it set up. Congratulations. Um, for my FPO picks, um, in uh, third place, I'll go with Nicholas Stout. Um, okay. She's been playing some really good disc golf, um, so mm -hmm. I think that she'll be overall uh, coming in pretty hot. Mm -hmm. um, in second place, we'll go with Amy Whitmore. Um, I think mm -hmm. she's got something to prove coming down uh, from the North Island. Um, so I think that that coming from New Plymouth, it will help her. Mm -hmm. uh, but of course, honestly, first pick, I can't really pick anybody else. Uh, Haley Flintoff. Uh, I think she's going to take it. She'll make a statement that she's back, you know, like in as much as it's a, I've had a kid. Nah, she's, she's still a disc golfer and she's still good. Still got it. Absolutely. How about you? We had her, on, we had her on the show a couple of weeks ago and I got that vibe as well. I've got the same three, but in a, just a very slightly different order. So uh -oh. I, went Amy, uh -oh. I went, I went Amy in third place. Um, Amy I went, in third. Okay. I went Nicola in, in second and, and Haley, yep. Haley in first. So, uh, so yeah, we'll see how that, how that plays out. Um, MPO. Um, I'll go first here. So okay. in in fifth place, Connor McKinstry. I'm thinking the openness of Tucker Beach and the fact that you need a little bit of a big arm for some of the holes could could play well there. Yep. Uh, Shout out one of my one in ten brethren. Go Connor. Indeed. Um, uh, in fourth place, um, I've got Mikey Yu. I'm going local knowledge is going to suit him well. Um, and he will have played this course or oh, certainly many holes of it a lot of the times. I've also had a look at a lot of the holes and there's, there seems to be a, a few that favor the forehand. So I'm going him there. Um, in third place, Levi. So I know that the Stout brothers based on uh, Udisc have been playing this course a lot. And so I'm going Levi in, in third place. Uh, second place, my pick for second is Ben Wheellake. So we had Ben on the show last week. Um, and he, I know he's really determined to get back into the sort of top places within uh, um, the tour standings. Um, and so I'm going for him in second. And I also think it suits his game. You mentioned it was uh, it was uh, a, a course which he he liked. And um, in first place, um, I'm going Ethan Stout. Um, I'm putting my money on Ethan to pick up his third win of the year. Um, and yeah, so what do you who do you have? Okay. Um, I'm going to do no particular order. Um, I think that this is probably going to be decided by two, if not most likely one stroke. Uh, to wow. be fair, I wouldn't be surprised to have a playoff uh, to mm -hmm. take it. Um, Tucker's Beach has changed quite a bit, seeing the whole layout for this year, um, knowing what time of year it is and like what's kind of just come through. Um, I think it's just going to be a tight battle. Uh, so I'm going to kind of mm -hmm. go through my picks and then you know like i'll kind of have like one sleeper who i think will make the top five um if not push for the top um if he can put together a good weekend so i agree i definitely think ethan stout is going to be in the top five um he's been playing well all year um he's like one of my good mates down south i love catching up and playing around with him anytime i go down um i definitely think uh he has what it takes to play well 
his brother as well. Um, I, th I think that he's going to do well, um, still needs to get a, a little bit more of that experience under his belt. Um, so he's still a young gun and he plays well in Invercargill, but he doesn't mm -hmm. quite have that maturity that Ethan has come out like outside of Invercargill, but he will mm -hmm. be in the top five. Yep. Um, one of those, he's kind of been quiet on tour, but he's been sniffing at those top spots. I will put Dave Keen in the top. Um, so mm -hmm. I do think that Dave, uh, knows the course has been settled into Queenstown for a little while now. Um, I think it'll mm -hmm. play to his strength. So it has a bit of distance where he can air itself out. Um, and with his experience, you know, like I wouldn't be surprised to see him in that yeah. battle, probably more in like the third to fourth spot. But if he, if he gets his putter going, um, he'll, he'll be battling for the win. And um, one of the again, going into the event as well. Yeah. Um, I, also agree, Ben. Ben's got something to prove. He's real hungry at the moment. Um, you know, like I know that he's been working and it's got ski season and all that kind of stuff going on, but he's real hungry and he's always played well at Tucker's. Um, mm -hmm. You know, like him and I tied for a national championship and he beat me in the playoff. Um, so I know that he knows Tucker's well. I know that it plays to his, uh, his skills. Um, so I definitely think that he's going to be doing really well. Mm -hmm. And my, my sleeper pick for the top five, and I honestly think if he can put together a round if he can put together a whole weekend, um, he's put together really good rounds and really good days before, but he's kind of struggled to put it together mm -hmm. all together is going to be Roberts Crastons. Um, I really have watched him like kind of start to break out this year. Yeah. Um, he's really started to start, make those top tens consistently started to push those top fives down South. Mm -hmm. Um, with his distance, if his putter is going, if he can settle his head, I honestly think the distraction of running the tournament is going to help. Trust me, I know I've won my own tournament that way. Um, mm -hmm. I really think if he can settle in, he's going to do really well this weekend, and I'd love to see a top five finish, if not a one-two. Um, it'd be really great to see that out of Roberts. Good stuff. Good stuff. So um, those are my top five. Fantastic. Thank you very much uh, for your for your picks and similarities, but also some wild cards. We'll see how they get on next week when we uh, when you'll be back to um, and we'll, we'll talk yep. through uh, the results and um, congratulate each other or neither of us on uh, on. on <laughs> um, lovely. Um, um, Brady, thank you so much for joining us tonight, and uh, to everybody else who's watching. I know it's been a slightly longer show today. That's probably going to happen um, as a result of the kind of slight change in the in in the uh, in the, in the setup. But what I really like to know is what are your thoughts? Um, so drop us a drop us a message, uh, put some comments in, and of course, if you want to be involved as a co-host and give it a go, um, and you've got some things you want to talk about, um, or you just want to disagree with me that's absolutely fine give us a shout and uh, and, and, we'll, and we'll, we'll get you on the show as a as a as a, as a co-host um i'd really like to to see it otherwise very best of luck to everybody playing at um uh, tucker beach rush this weekend especially good luck to team sweet chains jack ryan um and wellington's dan verhoven um who will both be playing very well i'm sure um down in queenstown um otherwise everybody else stay dry watch some d-glow Follow this. Follow the. Um, follow the rush. Uh, have a great week, and uh, we'll see you next time. Cheers. Yep. Peace out.